0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, and welcome back to the channel. This is the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 474, I believe, where tonight we're going to talk a little bit about The Boy and the Heron, the brand-new film from Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki, who is now retired on a few different occasions, Back once again, Studio Ghibli continuing just to show everybody, especially in the animation world, how to do it, how to actually produce well done, well crafted, well drawn animations, and also tell a very compelling story to boot. An animated film that is not a kids' movie, though it might be appropriate for some kids of certain ages, as there is definitely, I think, a little bit more, uh, I guess the word would be. Uh, you know, moderate to mild content in this one than in other Miyazaki films. Let's just say it's not a My Neighbor Totoro, as far as kid-friendliness, but it's also not a Grave of the Fireflies, necessarily, as far as just animation style. I'm not saying uh, if anyone's like, well, actually, this movie was made by this person, or this movie was made by this person. The whole point of it is just trying to save the feel of the movie for The Boy and the Heron is, is, is again, not to the extent of that movie Whereas my Neighbor Totoro is one that is much more for the kids. And I did start this stream uh, before the countdown stopped because I am running a little late tonight, as you all can tell. I've already heard a couple of people making the jokes about being on Gary time. Uh, again, that's just how things go sometimes when you've got family craziness at home. Baby Thor was having a rough day Uh, He didn't want to leave the playground that we were at after school, and then he was going back and forth, going to the store and having issues with that, and uh, had to skip bath time because of how late it was. It just was this whole thing, and anyone who has kids or has maybe nieces and nephews knows just the kind of uh, craziness that can happen. Um, So, anyway, I apologize for being late, but I know that you guys are the best audience in the business, and so I know that I can count on y'all to understand. So again, thank y'all so very much for, for being here and for continuing to support the show and support the channel. Uh, before we go any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button, light up the fire button on Odyssey, and smash the r- 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 rumble button as well. And let's say hello to the people in the chat if things are actually working. I if you had a comment before 7:16, I'm not going to be able to highlight it because of how things are. Uh so let's go ahead and start with the first comment that I see that I can pull up. And that is here from Prince Screen. Prince Screen, thanks for being here. Tag to say, "Saw the shift over the weekend. The movie was for the most part pretty good, but it didn't uh, it didn't do enough with the premise and underutilized Neil McDonough." Um yeah, I mean I've I've always liked Neil McDonough in the films that he's he's been in. It's kind of insane to think how he has done a lot of indie films, but then he's also been in a major Marvel movie. I think some people, you know, forget sometimes uh the roles that he's played. I forget even myself, I forget. I think it was in what, the first Captain America movie that that he played a role in, and I think he's done a couple other supporting roles within that same framework of that same character since then, I always get that crew mixed up with the crew from Wonder Woman, um, the crew in the past for Wonder Woman. I always get confused on that one, but you know what I'm talking about in, in that instance as far as just his performance and his ability and how he can kind of, you know, straddle both worlds in that way, right? Being a, a major mega blockbuster, but then also still be able to do the indie films, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping to see it. Uh Hopefully, uh you know, now we're starting exams uh, this week, and so that definitely gives me a little bit more free time. Um Right now, the only film I have on the agenda, I have a, a ticket already bought for it. It's going to be my first movie watch during during the daytime <laughs> that I've been able to, to do in quite a while, And that is going to be for Dream Scenario, the new Nicolas Cage movie. So, I'm very excited for that one. Love me some some Nicolas Cage. I've heard some pretty good things about the film. So, that's my next film on my radar. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member on the channel, hail to you, by the way, Scott McKenzie. Thank you very much for gifting five memberships at the Army of Asgard level. Very, very generous, of you good sir. Scott McKenzie, you are a legend. And congrats to all of the new members. Check out the members... Uh, panel on the uh channel if you go to the channel's main page you'll see that there's a membership area and you get access to a lot of old uh podcast episodes that i've done with a lot of really cool people a lot of really cool content there Keely chow who is a member what's going on thanks for understanding fear of fema in the chat we also got tina b empress of the universe what's going on saying can't stay just saying hello to everyone get that christmas shopping done early now take care see you later tina Thank you very much for being here and uh, thank you for always supporting. And our, our our prayers are continuing to be with you, and everyone loves and supports you. Uh, Corey Cochran, what is going on? Corey, welcome back. Glad to have you here. We got Great Wuda who tagged. What is going on? Hail to you, Great Wuda. We are indeed streaming over on Rumble. So we got King Kane Rumski holding down the fort over there. King Kane Rumski says, Odin, it's all right being late this time. Just don't let it happen again okay well I'll let you try to have that conversation with with my three-year-old <laughs> and the almost three month old and see how that goes over uh, most likely it'll go something like I want to play with tracks I, I want to play with trains uh, I want the uh, I-, I want toys video Right, There's just so many uh, things that the mind will go to and jump to. If it's the weekend, usually it's talking talk about something to watch because we only watch stuff on the weekends. We don't do any screen time during the week. Um, and so during the week, it's going to be playing with his trains or reading a book or some other craziness. That, 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 boy, that boy is full-on toddler. Has been for a while, but there are moments where I'm like, oh, that's right, you are this little human being now developing your personality. Uh, Laura, the modern major general story. What's going on? Shorty short. Welcome back. Make sure you're on your best behavior because she is a mod and she will lay down the hammer to those who misbehave. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, hail to you. He says, I saw Godzilla minus one. The best movie I've seen this year and the worst movie experience ever. Some guy came in to sleep, snored most of the time. And then was upset that people complained. Dude, that is just the worst, man. I'm so sorry that you had that experience. Because that can sometimes absolutely impact your experience of, of a movie. Right? There's there's so many of these outside factors. That's why, as someone that used to work at a theater, and I would always, every now and then, you would get those kinds of complaints. I would understand it um, when it was something like that. right? If it's something else that... Is more on the person, right? More on the individual who's complaining than typically. I wouldn't really want to, you know, give them the things that they were kind of demanding. In that case, to me, it's like, well, look, that is clearly impacting your movie-going experience, and it's going to distract away from you. It's going to therefore distract away from your ability to actually enjoy the movie, and that that sucks. So, Forever Sci-Fi, I'm sorry that happened, especially nowadays when it costs so much. Um, hopefully you were able to maybe get a pass because, as I said, there are sometimes situations like that where you don't want to be a Karen about it, but you could say, "Hey, I just wanted you to know this happened." Because uh, sometimes a lot of theaters will will just to try to you know keep in mind that they they want your business and they want to keep your business. Uh, they'll give you like a pass, and so you can use that on you know a movie in the future. Hopefully you maybe got that. If if not, again, I'm sorry that happened, and, and hopefully. Uh, Godzilla Minus 1 comes out on physical media soon, so that way we can, you know, buy it again and watch it again. Or if you have the time to go see it in theaters again. Uh, though, of course, that would probably make me very hesitant on on that particular theater. The thing that drives me craziest, and I've mentioned this before countless times, is my local theater, like right, the ones that, that's closest to me, is one where it's very poorly run, specifically with their bulbs. Um, every time I've gone to see a movie there, and this is now spanning two or three years. Uh, that I've noticed this issue, the bulbs always look like they're on the brink of death. And so you can always tell because if there's ever a lot of light on screen, so let's say there's like a white background or something, if you notice a flicker, that's the sign that a bulb is dying. And they would always have that. And so that's why I always do everything I can to go to any other theater. The problem is that it's the closest, and especially now with two kids, it sometimes is The most convenient, and sometimes I have to, you know, you have to sacrifice the picture quality. Luckily, the sound is not a problem. That would be a much bigger issue for me, I think. But that is still annoying. But I'm sorry that happened, man. Uh, Agree about it being one of the best films of the year, though. I think it's a top three contender for me. For sure. Uh, Scott McKenzie, again, Citizen of Asgard, appreciate you for gifting those memberships. Ryan Liu trying to say, Do you think The Boy and the Heron will win Best Animated Film? Um, It's a good question. So, obviously, there's been some awards uh, movement going on. It was, what, the Golden Globes? Those nominations came out. And for, for, for those that don't know, we have our own award show here on OMB Reviews here in Asgard. It's called the Raven Awards. And this year, I think it'll be either our fifth or sixth annual Raven Awards. Very exciting. And we award the best and the worst in film. Uh, in any given year, we have some amazing categories. We have our own best film of the year, our own worst film of the year categories with fun titles and fun names. Um, we also have our Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson Excellence and Crap World Building Award, which I will never give up because it's just the best name ever. It really, honestly is, um, and it's 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 great. But you also, if you've known that about the channel, known that I always bring this up every year that I used to be a big fan of award shows. I used to track this stuff. I used to try to make the Oscar predictions and all those things back when I cared. It's been many years since I haven't. But the Golden Globes, it's so funny because that's always been understood as a joke. Right? The the Golden Globes exist for no other reason than for the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who's the group that runs this all, runs it all, to nominate movies that will get a lot of stars to show up so they can meet them. Uh, the big joke was, back in the day, Johnny Depp was in a film called The Tourist, which was one of the worst films to come out that year, and yet it got nominated for Best Musical slash Comedy. It wasn't really funny at all. And everyone was joking, saying, yeah, well, we you know why this got nominated? It's because they wanted to meet Johnny Depp. So, um, with that being said, do I think that Boy in the Heron is going to get nominated? Yes. Um, does I think it has a chance of winning. It's a Miyazaki movie, and, and so that already is going to put it in its own caliber. But keep in mind, the Golden Globes, let's just to show you how much of a joke the Golden Globes are, they also nominated Wish as Best Animated Feature. That tells you all you need to know about them. Again, Scott McKenzie, gifting those memberships. Appreciate it. Rob D. Hello, Odin. Disney is aware they can make a movie for less than $30 million, right? It doesn't seem that way. It definitely does not seem that way. It's also interesting because you know one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, of course, is how right now they are projected to be losing about a billion dollars, roughly a billion dollars this year. And that is just based off of the theatrical releases. So we're not even going into the money they spent on Disney Plus which remember, they're not really getting any direct money from any of those releases, right? This the subscribers, it's uh, any of the marketing that they can sell as far as the deals they make with Verizon or other places that sell you know, free memberships, things like that, right? That That's where they're getting the money. They're not really getting it from anyone uh, who's buying it specifically to go watch X movie or this movie or staying on the platform to watch this movie or X movie. It's impossible really to even track that um, in, in any conceivable way. And yet, and yet... Even with that being the case of that being a black hole, we don't even need to have that in consideration before we recognize that, as I said, based on just the numbers and the numbers that I use typically are a little bit more on the conservative side of things. We're looking at close to a billion dollars in financial losses. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We will talk about that. Soul Assassin, what's going on? Scott McKenzie, let's go. And Family First, so all good. Absolutely. Thank you always for understanding. Kili Chow, it's all right. We understand. You got kids. I got kids. I got kids. Uh, Guy is on the channel once again. Guy, I always feel like you just randomly pop in, ask random things, and then leave. Um, But his question is, why did you stop making videos in Geeks and Gamers' channel? Uh, So, essentially, what happened is Geeks and Gamers is going through a bit of a shift right now. So, it's not that I stopped making them. It was that I was asked to uh, pause my box office breakdown videos uh, simply because they are trying to reorient the channel. So, if you've noticed... Almost everything coming out from Geeks and Gamers is going to be videos directly done by uh, by Jeremy because he he kind of just again has a vision for what he wants the channel to be and so he's trying to get that channel back. He's obviously in a position where he can start to make a lot more content now too, and there's a lot of stuff also that he's working on you know behind the scenes, things that I know, things that I don't know, and I think that ultimately it's trying to grow Geeks and Gamers. Uh, he felt like uh, the channel had gone to a place where. Even though I was being very consistent with the content, there wasn't a lot of consistency in other areas, and so trying to make it more consistent, having an actual theme, like having a message that it sticks to, I think that's been a big part of it. So obviously, you have that in a line with you know Tuesday, Tuesday night's main event still being a big thing, and then the Daily Show, also Geeks and Gamers Daily, which is also a huge part of it and clips that come out of that show, too. So, yeah, so that's the reason why I'm still I'm still a part of the Geeks Gamers team. We're still trying to also figure out what exactly we're going to be doing right in the future. Um, so that's really all I know about it, and that's all I can really say. Not because of anything else other than I don't really know much else other than that. But all I know is that I'm still a member of the team, and can't wait to be getting back to doing something box office related in some way. We'll see what happens. And uh, it doesn't matter because guess what? I'm still doing the box office breakdown on my channel. That's always the fun thing. I, I've had so many people leave comments and I'm like, I didn't go anywhere. I've been on my channel now for years doing the box office breakdown. Like the the, the box office breakdown that I do on Geeks and Gamers is usually a truncated version. I do record two separate videos um, and I try to keep it shorter, Geeks and Gamers, because we don't ever typically want the individual videos to be longer than a certain length of time. Whereas for my channel, I'm like, I want to go deep into this. I want to go as far as I can uh, with this information. So it tends to be like 20, 30 minutes. All right, Kinkane Rumshki says, Can you do the old Boomer Gary voice on yourself? Well, you see, she. I had children, and it was never the shame. Kinkane Rumshki. It's hard to do when, when I'm not really a Boomer like Gary is. There's just, no, there's just no way, really, to do the same thing. Let's see. Robert Frey, who is now a member on the channel. Congratulations on becoming a member. C.M. Chunk. <laughs> to, to say, I saw Godzilla minus one. I saw Godzilla minus one today. It blew me away. Yes, um, it's it's great. No matter what those salty brethren and friends of the channel, who I do do I do a show with every Saturday, say about it being quote overhyped. No, it is perfectly hyped, and it is a fantastic movie. Uh, Orange chat, what's up, brother? He is the king mod here, so make sure you are respectful because he will lay down the law. Sorry, my dog, uh, Willow, is looking at me like she needs to do something outside. And I'm um, just saying to myself, really? Like, c- can you can, can can you just be okay for a little bit? Can you just be okay for a little bit? Or are you just being, you know, attention-seeking? Because it's usually one or the other. It's usually one or the other. Hopefully, it's not the other. There, there has been a dog poop on stream before. This is early days of the channel. Some of y'all might have been around long enough for this to have happened. So... It is not outside the realm of possibility, but she's just laid down, so I think she's okay. All right, Think Noodles. What's going on, Think Noodles? Thanks for being a member on the channel. Great Wuda, to say Orange Hat Reviews ain't here, so we can talk about spoilers of Godzilla Minus One. No, he is here. He is here. But at this point, at this point, Orange Chat again, I couldn't see the earlier chat. If you haven't seen it, and again, I know that that the nearest one to you is is far away, but if you care that much about it, man, come on. Come on, brother. Orange Chat, yes, Dum Dum Dugan. Okay, there we go. From Cap 1. I thought it was that one. I just wasn't sure. Let's see. Uh, Hardwick. I I knew you'd give me a longer answer. (laughs) You see, Hardwick, when I ask questions like that, Orange Eye Reviews, that's how you do it. You just go, Dum Dum Dugan Cap 1. Like, perfect. Instead of... Neil McDonough played Dum Dum Dugan in in Captain America, the first Avenger. Agent Carter, both one-shot and TV show. And cameos in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Love you, brother. Scott McKenzie, Neo played okay. And then the other thing, too, is like everyone's like, okay, I'm gonna all answer first. I'm gonna answer first. I appreciate y'all doing it though. Let's see. Laura says, Dream scenario was interesting. Have you posted your review yet on uh on Criticless? I would love to know. Kimberly G, Killian, Shadow Cat, what's up, Kimberly G? Saying, howdy everybody, howdy, Odin, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Lex Ledendi, what is going on, Lex Ladendi? Ahoy to you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see. Uh, Steven says, Happy Day of Virgin Mary. Uh, it's Our Lady Guadalupe. It's the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. Get it right. Uh, curious as a Catholic, do you go to church um, like at four in the morning? I've seen on news uh, many Catholics did today. Um, so the issue... Is um, unfortunately there is not a daily uh, Latin Mass. If there was a daily Latin Mass, I would be going every single day. Uh, but because there's not, I only go to Mass on uh, there's t- there's times that you know we go as like a school community, for instance. So obviously I go to those, um, and then obviously on Sundays and, and other holy days of obligation. Um, and that's the issue is that because of the way the church is set up, at least near us, the holy days of obligation they do not designate. A uh, a Latin mass for those days, unfortunately, and it kills me um, because essentially, uh, when it comes to the Novus Ordo, when it comes to the the new mass, right, the, the mass that's in English, that's in the vast majority of, of of churches, I obviously understand and believe and fully accept it as being valid. I just don't think it's fitting. I do not think it's fitting for what we are doing at at, at mass. I don't. I don't think it's you know that's not even the right way of saying it. I don't think it's fitting for what the holy sacrifice of the mass is. And, and so it's, it's hard for me then to, to be able to, you know, be able to get past that, you know, uh, basically validity should not be the standard, right? It'd be like saying, how's your marriage? Well, it's valid. Okay. Well, that's, that's just not a good standard. That's just not a good thing for us to be, be we shouldn't be putting up with that. You know, uh, we should be expecting more. Uh, think noodle says will you be watching and reviewing aquaman 2 winks and the color purple uh well I believe Gary has already told us in advance that he expects us to watch aquaman 2 so it will be homework um so that one yes color purple I doubt it'll be homework and I have just noticed I have not even seen the original color purple so why would I want to see a new version that's probably gonna suck Robert Frey is he in the dinosaur phase yet not really there's like one song that he likes that features dinosaurs but that's that's pretty much it Steven says, "Did you see Good Burger 2 by chance? If so, will you review it? Is it worth getting Paramount Plus for?" I've not seen it yet, couldn't say. Typically those films are not worth it. Um, so 626 Charles over on Rumble, what's going on? Welcome back. Uh, Laura says, "My worst theater experience was when some guy tried to steal my pop- my friend's popcorn." Oh, that's just creepy too. Right? Cuz I can just picture it like you're in this crowded theater and all of a sudden the guy next to you who's not in your party just reaches over and tries taking popcorn. No, no. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Man. So, uh, let's see. John Harrison, we found the man with no taste, everybody. The man with no taste. Don't blame the guy. I almost fell asleep to Godzilla myself. Very boring. Just because you don't have taste, man, doesn't mean you have to say anything. Master of Gaming says, Do you think Disney will improve financially in 2024 compared to 2023? Um, well, thank you very much. By the way, Keely Chow's chat from earlier was a membership comment, and this is Master of Gaming's membership comment, who's been a member for three months at the Army of Asgard level. Um, no, I don't think it's going to improve, um, and it's mostly because there are so many movies and there are so many productions that they have already in the pipeline that they're already spending money on that they they can't stop. They can't pull the plug on it. They, they, they can only delay and slow down. And when they do that, guess what happens? All they do is add more and more and more money to what they're spending. So though I don't think they're going to lose as much in 2024, if that's going to be accounted as improving I, again, maybe um, it's like, oh, so they don't lose a billion dollars next year. Yeah, but that also means that they're still losing or probably going to lose a lot of money. Um, the only real bright spot I think they've got is the next Deadpool film. That's the next film in my eyes that they have a shot at making money with. I think that some might try to put out Inside Out 2 as one. But it's going to be interesting because they've just not been able to be successful with almost anything. I mean, think about it. Their live-action remakes of animated films flops. Little Mermaid, massive flop, right? They're animated movies. They're dedicated animated movies. We just recently had Wish, massive flop. From earlier in the year, Elemental from Pixar, no less. And that film barely broke even, if even that. We're talking about a film that still probably lost some money. Just not as much as it had originally, you know, we originally thought it was going to. And it was still not a success in any way. So. Yeah, that, that's pretty much where I am. It's like, yes, they've got more prospects of success, at least with a film like Deadpool. Maybe outside chance with with Inside Out too. But as I said, it seems that their sway, even amongst the 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 kids and even amongst the families, especially the the, the, the theater going families, has diminished to such a degree. I don't really see the next major hit for them. And again, we'll, we'll look at the numbers. We will definitely look at those numbers. We'll actually, you know, talk about that story uh, first tonight. Let's see. Robert Frey, uh, who's a member, says, When I saw Incredibles 2, someone's kids were running up and down the aisle. Luckily, I got a free movie pass out of it. Yeah, I mean, so to be honest, Robert Frey, I honestly think when it's a kid's movie, I'm not nearly as as impacted by it. All right, Because if, if you go to a kid's movie, I know that that sucks, and I know that's that that's obviously like distracting. But to me, it's like, if that happens, I'm like, Oh, well, I did, I'm the one that decided to go to see a kid's movie. Right? And I I, honestly, I get it, right? I do get it because it can be distracting in a lot of ways. But that one, that's not one that I would kind of go and say anything about typically. Depends if it's someone shrieking, if there's like a child who's like shrieking and it's really, really bad, that might be something. But yeah, I would have to be there to be able to say whether or not that would be something that would impact me. Uh, First, sci-fi says I wasn't going. I was not going to blame the theater if I still enjoyed it. It actually made me care about the characters in the in a monster movie. Hey, th- yeah. And there's a lot of very compelling writing in the film that makes you care about it. Like this is the one thing. There's many things, but this is the primary thing that the MonsterVerse films do not have in any way, and that is they do not have a compelling human story. And before you say, well, it's Godzilla. It's not about the human story. Okay, then why does the human story dominate the vast majority of the movie? Right? If your movie's going to have a dominant human story and that story is going to be boring or suck, then that's going to be the focus and that's going to be completely fair game. The whole excuse of, it's a monster movie, get off. Like, no, it's a movie. And movies need to have good stories. and movie. In order for any film to be good, there has to be a good story. You can be entertained by a movie with a bad story or with no story at all. And that's where Godzilla Minus One does so much is that it not only has the really awesome you know, monster effects, even more impressive by the fact that it only costs fifteen million dollars to make, but then add to that the fact that it's got that compelling human story that's able to drive the plot along. And that just adds. That just adds absolutely um to the enjoyment of of what is one of the best films this year. Jamie Zakowski says, speaking of minus one, it got extended for another week. I'm not surprised by that. right? And that's why when, when people were tagging me and saying like, like, did you see that it's going to get out of theaters? It's like, no, it's not. Just because their initial engagement might have been scheduled for a certain amount of time. Remember that this is a week-by-week business. And this is for any movie. right? Now, most films, like a Disney release with a massive studio behind it, it's already going to be insinuated that it's going to be out for a month, two months for smaller independent movies. It's completely week by week. So it's not like, Oh, we're only going to have it out there for a week. And that's it. It's like, no, we're, we're starting off at a week because that's all we can think about right now. Let's see how it does. It did well. Great. Another week. It still did well. Great. Another week. And it goes on and on and on and on until it's no longer profitable for them to continue to push their films to be in these theaters so that's why it doesn't surprise me at all. It's like yeah, the film's gonna be in theaters for as long as is continues to make money. So yeah there's no, there's not gonna be a oh this is the last week forever. it's like no this is the last th- this is going to be the last week we can confirm until we book the next week because the other thing too is that for most theaters right unless you are as I said a major studio booking the initial release of a movie, you're not gonna get most movies two weeks of the schedule at least for most movies a week or even two weeks out you you might just get the new releases because those are the films that have to be prioritized because again of, of the, the way the studios work but yeah people were kind of surprised by that and stuff and i'm like y'all understand how this works see robert says remember when movies were worth a trip to the theater pepperidge farm remembers indeed jacobite wiseman what's going on Uh, It is sad that the Eastern ethnicities are making better movies while the Western lands cannot. Um, Again, yes and no. Like, I don't think being sad has anything to do with it. I think it's just, it's a sad state of affairs that anyone is making bad movies today when there's clearly talent that exists. Because if it exists in Japan, if it exists in South Korea, if it exists in any of these Eastern nations, then we know it's going to exist elsewhere, right and that to me the saddest part is just that the talent is there and it's just not being utilized because you have nothing but these activists who are making all the decisions who are at the at the top of all of these companies and are completely bought in to all of it right to all of the nonsense Let's see. Steven at 733 tagged, what's the deal with Disney giving some of their properties to Netflix? Are they that much in desperation and need for money? I've only heard a little bit about that, so I can't really speak to it completely. Um, But I think that we have to remember that most studios in the past would do that. Right? Remember, before Disney Plus existed, that's what Disney did. They would license their content out to other places. So it's not really out of line for that to be the case. The, the the big change is that Disney was, for a while, especially from the time of COVID, becoming a everything's going on to the streaming service, everything's going straight to Disney+. Plus. And so there was always that assumption. And so now they're at the position that because Disney+, Plus has not been this huge cash cow they thought it was going to be, where now they're probably real. As again, I have not looked into the story and can't really confirm it. But most likely, my guess would be, they're trying to figure out, okay, this is not making us money. Let's then try to sell out the distribution, right, the streaming rights, I should say, that is the streaming rights to various shows or movies to try to make some money off of it because it's not giving us really any money here instead. All right, we'll jump back into the comments in a little bit, but let's first talk about, again, the second story in the title, but one that I think is having the most implications. So, for those who don't know, this was the box office as of the uh, the 10th of December. So, as of a couple of days ago. So, not a whole lot has changed since this time. But this is the makeup of all of the Disney releases. Now, remember, Disney is the Disney Studios, right? We have, obviously, the, what we see at the very beginning, the Walt Disney Company logo at the beginning of a movie. This is the 20th Century Fox releases, right? The 20th Century Studios now because they dropped the Fox because Disney sucks. And also the other uh, associated brands, right? The sub brands of Disney. So if you're kind of wondering, oh, I didn't know that was a Disney movie, or I didn't know that was a Disney movie, it was under one of their sub brands. So these are specifically the ones that had theatrical releases in 2023. So as I said, not going into something that might be on the more obscure side, um, or at the very least, things that went straight to Disney Plus, right? Which really are going to be nothing but straight financial losses. So looking at Disney this year alone, right? As you can see. They had only one movie, only one film actually get to a point where profitability was in the discussion. Now, I will say there are many other people, people like Valiant Renegade and probably WW Pro as well, who would disagree, who would think that the break even point was probably higher for at least the 200 plus million dollar movies. And I respect them for their, their opinions there. I, I still, of course, run with this because this is the, this is the system I know. This is the system, system that I worked in, uh, in the theaters. And I know that probably have there have been some things that have changed s- since COVID. But I think there are so many question marks still there, it's hard to really verify. So the other reason why I mention that is because that means that, at best, th- this is what you're going to get, right? So in a best-case scenario for Disney, a most conservative outlook, one could say, about what their losses are. You're looking at a total net loss of a billion dollars just from their theatrical alone. So the best case scenario for them right now, as I said, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That movie, depending on who you ask, either barely broke even, lost a little bit of money, or in the case of, of the charting I use, made about $130 million, roughly. Right, Made $130 million back. But then you look at every other release... They have not had, and this even goes, as I said, for their more limited releases. Even The Boogeyman, which came out from a Disney-owned company, still ended up losing $3 million. Even Elemental, as I've said before, had a very strong legs. Again, look at this number here. Compared to the first two weeks, the first two weeks only accounted for a quarter of its box office. On average, most films make 50 to 75 or so percent in their first two weeks. So that means that it had great legs. Elemental did, even though that was the case, though, because it still cost them roughly like three hundred, sorry, two hundred million dollars. Cost roughly two hundred million dollars, and the budget and the marketing, rather, roughly another hundred million on top of that, if not more, still ended up losing seven million dollars. But those are really small potatoes, right? Those are very small potatoes when you compare it to other films like Wish, which right now is. Upwards of 200 plus million dollars in the red. The Marvels, also from recently, 200 plus million dollars in the red. The Creator, a film that I really like from 20th Century Studios, around 60 million in the red. All right, I liked it a lot, and they made it for 80 million, but it was not able to make enough to make its money back. Haunting in Venice, another 20th Century Studios release, 21 million in the red. Haunted Mansion from Disney directly, 156 million in the red. Now, the one number that some people might say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't realize it was that bad." Is Indiana Jones and the Doll of Destiny, and the reason why is because in the numbers that were released, right, the numbers that were being projected initially, we were told it was roughly a three hundred million dollar budgeted movie. The issue is that we've had information come out since then that seems to indicate it's actually closer to four hundred million dollars. Now we won't get confirmation on that until probably next year when we start to get the you know the tax credit information from the UK where many of these productions were done. But even if you did disagree with that, let's say for the sake of argument that it only did cost $300 million in its budget. Guess what? That's still $220 million of losses for them and that would still make it $900 million. So again, as I said, a best case conservative... Remember, most of these numbers are going to be the conservative estimate here. We're looking at a billion dollars. Now again, I do honestly believe that the number here for... Indiana Jones will be revealed to be closer to $400 million when everything is said and done. So $300 million or so in the red. We talked about Elemental and Boogeyman. Little Mermaid, right? This movie, a lot of people in the media, they love to say, Oh, it made over half a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, it also cost them on paper roughly, what, $300 million to make the movie? That's still about $100 million in the red. You then also have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 making its money. And we the was Quantum Mania, 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 and this is a movie I know a lot of people disagree with because apparently a lot of money was, a lot more money was put towards this one for the marketing specifically. So even though the budget was not maybe higher in any you know crazy sense, it still probably lost a lot more than the twenty million dollars that it's projected to have lost on my charting. You take all of these numbers together though, and all around for budgets for all of the films that came out this year from Disney directly into theaters. billion of spending for just the budgets of their movies this year. $3.1 billion in total spending projected for not only their production budgets, but including marketing. So multiple billions of dollars they've spent on their films this year. And then their total return, box office, raw numbers, $3.4 billion. Now some would say, well, wait a minute, their total spend was 3.1 billion and their total make was 3.4 billion. Doesn't that mean they technically made 300,000 or sorry, 300 million dollars? Well, I say nay-nay because remember, they don't get 100% of the box office receipts. They end up splitting it 60/40, 50/50, depending on who you ask, the metric might be different. But based on the metrics that I typically use, you're looking at a billion dollars loss. So they th- they put 3 billion in and they made back two of that billion, meaning that there was a billion dollars unaccounted for that were financial losses. So oh boy, Disney is in a lot of trouble. And of course, I will break down the other studios um, as many as I can from this past year, but Disney is being one of the bigger studios. I'll probably also look at Warner Brothers as well because they're not also they're also not looking very good. The one the one positive that Warner Brothers has really under its belt is going to be the Barbie movie. But I think I've mentioned this before, that as good as Barbie was for them, because they're splitting that revenue with Mattel, it's not going to be enough. Anyway, back into the chat now. It's 7.34 in the chat. It's 7.56 in real life, so I'm still 20, 30 minutes behind, so please uh, do not double post or anything like that. Forever Sci-Fi says, Jeremy is our favorite shill, but he has the shill for his own stuff too, and not just for Nintendo. You're right. You're right, you're right. Keely Chow says, as long as you're a member of Geeks and Gamers team, I will keep joking that your office is the Geeks and Gamers Tennessee office. Okay. Good luck with that. Jacobite Wiseman says, why do you call yourself after a heathen god when you are a Catholic? It's a, I've gone through this story several times, dude. So, it's a nickname from when I was in high school that had to do with the fact that I love the cold. So, I use it as a joke. I've actually had some people that believe in the false god Odin who have gone after me because they say I mock. So, again, if, if that's the way you want to take it, then that's the way you take it. Uh, guy, are you hyped for Kung Fu Panda 4? No. Orange Chat says, I don't mind spoilers now. It is inevitable. Yeah, I mean, you get to a point, right, where you know you want to be able to avoid as much as possible. But as I said, there really isn't a whole lot to spoil, dude. Like, like, other than just the individual plot points for this specific movie. And even those, you're like, oh, that's been done in other Godzilla films, right? So, that's why it's really not, spo- you really can't spoil it. And spoil implies that something is ruined, right? But if you go in knowing all of the plot points of this movie, you'll still enjoy it. Because it's just, when a good movie exists, doesn't matter. See, Wuda says, Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is still a great movie title. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's overly long and ridiculous. Lee Mitchell, what's up, brother? Ty says, my 10-month-old is outgrowing 24-month clothes already. Should I stop feeding it? <laughs> oh, man. I don't even want to do the math on that. Uh, right Right now, all I know is 3T and 4T. Those are the sizes of baby Thor. Kane Rumschke, who's on Rumble, says, I have yet another dumb question. What does the minus one mean with respect to the Godzilla movie? I'm going to be honest. It was not clearly revealed in the movie directly. At least, not that I can remember. That would be something that if someone does know, if it's directly in the movie, not if you're finding this out after the fact, but if it's directly in the movie, um, it'd be interesting to know. Fox One, what's up? Steven. Says great news, I'm no longer talking to the married chick anymore, so all guilt on her. I did my part to at least be friends with her, but instead she blocked me. Steven, as I was saying for a long time, that is an X ex- that was the best move. Um, and I think that reaction is probably why. It sounded to me, and especially now that she's blocked you, she just wanted somebody to use as a bounce back. So better for you to one, not be used, but even more importantly, to not partake in in her adultery. Uh, guy, please do not multi-post this dude. King and Rumski, does the Novus Bordeaux Mass sometimes seem disrespectful to you? It does to me. That's what I mean, right? It's not fitting. It is not fitting uh, for the Eucharist. It's not fitting for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Right? Even the most reverent of Novus Ordos that exist out there are, are still going to be that that mass, they're still going to be the, it's not even the Vatican II mass, because if you actually read the documents of Vatican II, and then look at what your mainstream, mainline Novus Ordo is, they're nothing alike, you know, where does Latin have pride of place, that's what Vatican II called for, where's Gregorian chant, that's what Vatican II called for, so it's, it's just this complete another, you know, you know crapshoot, and it's sad, it really is, Jacob Weissman says, will you review Birth of a Nation? Oh, boy. Felicitas uh, says, my best and worst movie experiences were OG Star Wars. The film broke three times good times. Dang, dude. Yeah, back in the day when that could be a a pretty, uh, pretty big problem. Rob D. Theaters are being forced by Disney to continue to screen the Marvels and Wish must be screaming. Well, I mean, we say forced, but we have to always remember, too, that they are still making some money. And, uh, and ultimately, Disney's paying for it. The only time that Disney is able to strong-arm studios is opening weekend and most likely the second. And the way it used to work, and again, I know that others have claimed that there's been changes, but until I hear differently from a theater owner or from an actual booker, I- I'm, I'm going to stick with this because this is how I know. As someone who worked in the marketing department, and who got these emails, who was privy to see how the booking worked behind the scenes too, the way that Disney worked is they would have a brand new film. And remember, Disney used to obviously be guaranteed money, and so they had the ability to kind of use their power to do this. So they would say, all right, here's our new movie. If you want to show this film, you have to have three showings in 3D that have to be between this time and this time, right so they would control the time frame when a th- movie would show they would also say you would have to have a specific number of of premium shows so that's why three or four 3D showings a day you would have to have it if if you did not follow it then you would you would potentially lose money you would you would either get fined or something like that if you did not follow those instructions um and so they had that power that's why they also typically got around 90% of the box office i've heard others say that oh back in the day they got 60% or so no 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 they got 90% I, I talked to the GM of the theater I worked at, and I asked him point blank, I'm like, how much do we actually get on these tickets? And it's like, for every $10, about a dollar. Right? So the studios get about 90%, or at least they did, 90%. So a huge portion of the box office the first two weeks. After the first two weeks, though, since less people are going, that's when the deal changes. That's when the vice script that Disney at one point had starts to fall apart very, very quickly. So at this point it's actually probably better for the theaters because even if there are not a lot of people going, they're keeping a huge portion of those ticket sales now. Disney is not getting a whole lot of it um, based on how it's going. Let's see. I think Noodles at 742 says, not to get political, but how do you think the 2024 presidential election will affect entertainment and Hollywood as a whole? Well, I think that, you know, obviously we're not a directly political channel, but, you know, politics do get, you know, get, you know, brought up every now and then. But here's my thought, and I'm not giving an opinion on any of the persons involved. But if if we get Biden versus Trump again, and if Trump is in any way a part of it, it doesn't matter what you think about him personally. I know a lot of people watching me probably are much more on the side of liking him, for instance. But I think that you're going to see a lot of people get broken again. And, and that's something that to me has always just been ridiculous, right? When you cannot function... When you go crazy, when because TDS is a very real thing, right? Trump derangement syndrome. Because, and here's the other thing about that, right? Some a lot of people will say that with like mocking intentions. For me, it's I actually have a lot of concern for people because when I say TDS, I mean I think there are people that actually have a form of PTSD that they brought upon themselves uh, back in in 2016. And that they have still not recovered because they've not been able to admit that that's what they're dealing with. But all the rage and all the emotions you're seeing, you're like, this is kind of what you would expect from, like, a PTSD uh, personality. And so people call it TDS because, obviously, he was kind of that catalyst for it. So I think, that, that's, I think we're going to see that again, um, if, if that is indeed the case. Um, that's about all I can really say about that, though. Master Game says, I'm not surprised Son of Freedom got snubbed at the Golden Globes. Sun of Freedom's not going to get nominated, dude. Like, Here's the thing. I love the film. I think it's great. It's going to get nominated for some Raven Awards, I would have to imagine. But it's not going to get mainstream Hollywood media attention. It's just not. It's just not one of those movies. Let's see. Sherry Allen, what's going on, Sherry? Welcome back. Orange Chat says, YouTube, we don't have ad blockers. Stop screwing with live streams. Um... Yeah, so I know that there is a way to set with the ads. Um, If you have a stream, there's like midstream credits or something like that. I have it set to the most conservative setting possible. So, yeah. YouTube YouTube has started to put those in to longer videos and streams. And the only real control we have over them is, I believe, either we can demonetize the entire thing or we can choose a, a certain like Brand, like a, you can either be the most egregious with it, and for me, I put it, it literally the 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 label for that I remember is it's. Do you want it to be you know rigorous or conservative? I'm like I want it to be the most conservative possible. So yeah, apologies for that. But just of it this way, if you're watching an ad, you are theoretically helping the channel. And also, this is why I do also multi-stream to places like Odyssey and Rumble. So if you have a real big issue with it, there are places you can go to watch it. Let's see, Jacob Wiseman said, I'm not saying that those in the East have having good movies is sad. I'm saying the fact that we have to go to the East for good movies. But even then, I would disagree because I think that, I think, no, no matter where the movie comes from, if it's good, it's good. I don't think where it comes from should be sad necessarily. Keely Chow says, in my Scott Steiner voice, the numbers don't lie and it spells disaster for Disney. And there's a 23% chance that there's a 10% chance that they lose a billion dollars in, in five years. Is that how it goes? Amber Schammerpot says, not watching Die Hard in theater this year. Dang. I will say, I, I do like that film, and I always love getting involved with the debate over whether it's a Christmas movie or not. By the way, it is a Christmas movie. Uh, Jeremy is crazy to think it's not a Christmas movie. Um, uh, delusional, in fact. It's, it's why I, 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 with pride, remind everyone that he won our Shill of the Year award at the Raven Awards from last year. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it's not a movie that I'm always, like, I have to see during Christmas. So I'm fully on board with it being a Christmas movie, but it's not a film that's, like, my go-to. My go-to every year, without fail, is It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every single Christmas. Master of Gaming, who's a member, says, Disney might have a few hits next year. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, The First Omen, Deadpool 3, and maybe Inside Out 2. So I've already talked about Deadpool 3. That has the most potential. Inside Out 2, as I said... I mentioned why I don't think that's a guaranteed hit at all. King of the Planet of the Apes, look, I like the Planet of the Apes movies, but there are three. And so, my guess is that now they're moving, obviously, they're moving past the the Caesar trilogy that was established. So, to me, it's like, okay, now now it's just cash... Now you're in cash grab territory for me. Right? And and so, I'm like, okay, I really don't have an interest. And I think a lot of people are probably going to also check out. So... You know, I I could see it go through a very similar phase. And also, if it's a good movie, that that might also move that needle, too. But I don't think Disney has any guaranteed hits, especially with how much money they're spending. Michael Hill, what's going on, brother? Abomination over on Odyssey, hanging out on the Odyssey, saying, Don't feed your baby food that's two years old, please. I I try not to. um, And I say try not to because baby Thor is the person. He's the child where he'll be in his car seat, he'll be digging around, and then he'll pull out like a goldfish. And he'd be like, oh, goldfish. And he'll eat it. And in my head, I'm like, that goldfish has probably been in my car for maybe even a month. And I don't even want to think about, (laughs) like, before the cold fronts came through. So it was sitting in the heat. I don't even know. I don't even want to think about it. That's just, again, that's the age he's at right now. And it's something where you're driving and you're like, I can't physically stop you at this point. (laughs) Please don't. And that's why my only response could be like... Um, Now, buddy, we don't eat old food, okay? We don't eat old food. (laughs) Steven. Uh, So you can't be able to see how much the Marvels made internationally or maybe have an idea of how much they made so far. Um, Again, I think there was a lot of misinformation being put out there about how the film was going to be reported, right? So they gave up on the movie, right? Disney did, but it's still in theaters, so, we still got a daily number. We It's right here on the numbers.com. So, again, for anyone who's still buying that for any reason, here's the Marvels listed by the Walt Disney Company as having made $116,000 this past Monday, which is a whopping sixty nine dollars per theater, and it's at 1,700 screens. So, that means by this weekend, it's going to be pulled from a huge portion of the remaining screens that it's in. But it is still playing domestically. It is still playing internationally. It's just... It's no longer getting a push. So Disney is not keeping it in as many theaters as it normally would for a lot of its other films. So... Let's see. Lex Lodendi says, Shout out to the 1965 Missile, my hot take. Um, I mean, I I honestly... Yeah, because that's that's the Vatican II Missile, right? That's the one where it was like a test run where essentially it was... Um, it was it was much more of a direct. Here's what the Vatican Council asked for, and so here's what it is. Yeah, I would love to see it. I, I I'm intrigued by it. Hardwick tried to say, if you thought Disney was already failing, keep in mind that they have now added Doctor Who to their list of failures. Yeah, King Rumsky says having absolutely no problems with ads on your live streams on Rumble. King Kane Rumsky is uh <laughs> is promoting the rumble channel abomination saying yeah odyssey don't care about ad blockers yet it seems to be a direct usually when youtube does stuff like this other places aren't typically that far behind because you have to remember that even these alternative tech sites they still got to make money too it's still a business disney is i mean sorry disney might as well be. Uh, YouTube is obviously a lot more nefarious in the things that it it, it, it pays for and the things that it supports, but uh, but yeah, I, I... Man. Killy Chow. Die Hard is a Christmas movie the same way Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Um, I, I would say to a lesser degree because, again, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Batman Returns is a movie that happens around Christmas. Now, that's going to drive some people crazy. Shen Hong over on Rumble. What's up, Shen? Uh, Two best action films ever, Christmas or not, is Die Hard and Pickle Rick. (laughs) Never seen Pickle Rick. Um, But Die Hard is great. Orange Chat says, Die Hard is technically a Christmas movie. To be more specific, it is a Christmas action movie. No, it is a Christmas movie. All right? Not only does it take place at Christmas, it features several Christmas elements throughout the entirety of the movie. I mean, come on. However, here's a real question, though. Is... A Christmas story, a Christmas movie. Of course it is. <laughs> and Rumski. Dired is totally Christmas. Uh, he says this on Rumble. One of the first dead bad guys was wrapped like a present in an elevator, if memory serves. Exactly. Again, it's not just about it happening over Christmas. It's that there are there's the Christmas party. There's the guy being wrapped. There are a lot of other Christmas elements that exist. Music, too. Uh, Steven, just found out Aquafina has been casted for Kung Fu Panda. Well, there goes my interest in that movie. I mean, I didn't have an interest in it because that's way too many versions of that movie. That that is way too many versions of that movie. I just realized that I was still on that screen, so you you could barely see me. Um, but yeah, totally agree. Totally, totally agree. All right, one more comment, and then we'll talk a little bit about the boy and the heron, and then we might end things early tonight since I got a late start. But we'll see how things go. Orange Reviews, who's a member, and the King Mod, says, Odin, it is actually an interesting theory that kids who ate food here and there from cars and such ended up strengthening their immune systems by taking in the particulates and things. Interesting. That's a hard thing to kind of run studies on, because not a lot of parents, I imagine, would say, Hey, uh, so do you want your child to be in a test experiment where we make them eat food that might potentially uh, cause them harm in the future. Please sign here. <laughs> you know? And I know that they do it, right? It's funny because my, my wife mentions this a lot, that when she was younger, she was actually, like, a test baby uh, for, for a vaccination. Fun story. Fun, fun story. Let's see. Abomination. Here we go. And if you take the box office it says three-fourth chance... And take away Disney's one sixteenth chance, that only leaves you with a sixty-six and one third chance—sorry, sixty-six and one third percent chance of surviving. The numbers don't lie, and they spell hilarity for Disney's prospects. Yes, there it is. That sounds a little bit more like the Scott Steiner numbers. Sherry Allen says, "I am good, but my doc is concerned about my battle with CML leukemia, so I'm now back in uh, to being monitored every two to three months. Now diagnosed as low vision, but doing well. Yeah, I know that." Uh, I remember you had mentioned that, uh, well, about maybe a year or two ago, uh, I think when you had first mentioned that on stream. So obviously we're still praying for you and praying for your recovery. And I'm sorry to hear that the, the battle is, is still raging in that way. And so, you know, pray for, pray for healing, pray for remission, um, but also just pray for God's grace in your life. Even in the, you know, I talk about this every year with, with the kids that I teach, um, and it's sometimes hard for us to kind of accept in our life, but uh, God would not allow bad things to happen unless good things could happen from them. And we've absolutely seen good things happen from some of the worst things imaginable. And so I, I pray uh, just for grace to enter into your life and your family's life um, for for whatever the good is, because again, we know that there is going to be some good in there, uh, that that good can be found and, and, and be embraced, but absolutely going to continue to pray. Let's see. Orange Chat says, not recommending repeatedly doing it, though. Talking about taking food in cars. Yes. Luckily, it's very rare that it happens. Jacob Buck says, to say Disney is a dumpster fire is an insult to actual dumpster fires. Agreed. Because dumpsta- dumpster fires, to my knowledge, don't lose a billion dollars in a year. <laughs> Gosh. Hose Ataco. What's up, Hose? Uh, It builds up the immune system. That's why kids get sick more than when we were kids because of all the cleanliness. Ah, there it is. J.Y. says, YouTube has gotten glitchy since they blocked the ad blockers. More freeze-ups. Yeah, essentially, it's if you have an ad blocker in any way, um, it's going to cause issues. So so that's why it's like, look, I I think that it's ridiculous that YouTube decided to do that at the same time. um, I do kind of understand uh, because e- even though I have no problem with YouTube losing out on money, when it comes to a lot of the creators that I support, it's, it's again, it makes some sense there. Bomb says, I'm okay if Honesty removes all ads for anyone who pays for any subscription. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it'd be similar to how I know that Elon was toying around with the idea, and I think he still is even planning on implementing it in some way, that in order to have certain access on Twitter... That you have to pay at least a dollar a year, right? We're not even talking about a month, but a dollar a year. I'm sorry, like if you have the time to spend on Twitter on X, you have the money to spend a dollar for a year. You know, like and, and the main the main point of that is to to really try to take care of the whole bot issue. Cause as soon as you add that in, even even at just a dollar a year, if you add that one element in, it already takes care of a huge portion of, of bots. But it's not even like, oh, you can only use the platform. It's like, no, that would be the only way you can follow follow accounts, retweet, things like that. To view the content is always going to be free. And and I don't think he's ever planned to to take that ability to view information. But if you're going to engage on the platform, it's like a dollar a year ain't bad. Master Gaming says, I heard great things about the Iron Claw. I have too. Uh, I'm so ticked because my buddy, John the Flickpick Flickinger, shout out to him. He got to see an early screening of it. And loved it. He says it's going to be—it's likely right now his favorite move of the year. So I'm very hyped. I've already got my ticket to go see it. So fingers crossed that everything goes well uh, leading up to that, that I can see it here at home, family-wise. But uh, yeah, I've heard great things about it too, though. And and when when John says that it's one of his favorites of the year, and he's a wrestling fan, I'm a wrestling fan. He likes more of the—he likes listening to wrestling podcasts. I, I used to. But I like more like the wrestling stuff, like the wrestling wrestling. That's why I was always more into like AEW when that came around than WWE because AEW seemed more focused on the actual wrestling and entertaining in that regard. So I'm excited for it, though, uh, since he likes it. Let's see. YouTube me, what's going on? Orange Chat, who's a member, says, I did the definitive breakdown for Die Hard last year and leave the weapon earlier today. Next two weeks are Rocky 4 and First Blood. Are they Christmas movies? Find out in the next few weeks. Shameless plug, Orange Chat. Shameless plug. Forever Sci-Fi. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Is much friendlier than Merry Christmas. (laughs) Last Boy Scout had Satan Claws. Is it a Christmas movie? Hmm. No. Hmm. Mm, no. Uh, Stephen. <laughs> Hold on, Ambrose, Stamp. How much for the testing? I don't even remember. I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> That's just like one of those random factoids that my wife always brings up. By the way, uh, Stephen, your thoughts on CM Punk back on Monday Night Raw? You think it'll win? You think it will win the World Rumble and it'll come full circle? Um, so, because now he's signed, because I have been following it, because I used to be a huge fan of his, I just don't think he has it in the ring anymore. He, all of his AEW in-ring stuff just showed me he he just doesn't have this, he doesn't have the capacity anymore. He, he just really can't. He obviously is still great on the mic, he still has the charisma, but if he can't wrestle, I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but, do I think he's gonna win the Royal Rumble? I don't. I, I think because now he has agreed to sign with, w, with Monday Night Raw, I think that what that means is he is going to be feuding with Seth Rollins. And I think that that's going to be that title that he's going for. And maybe they're starting. I don't know. It would make the most sense for me if that's the buildup they do, right? They build up that matchup. And then maybe you have Punk in the Royal Rumble. And maybe that's like his first match even back, potentially. I don't know. They might be building for a SummerSlam. Sorry, not SummerSlam. SummerSlam. They might be building up for an actual match with, with Seth Rollins instead. But it would make a lot of sense to me if the feud starts now. Punk enters the Rumble. He gets uh screwed over by Seth Rollins, which sets up for Seth V. CM Punk at WrestleMania. Main events, one of the two nights. Now that WrestleMania is two nights, that's one of your main events. And then I think Cody Rhodes, I honestly believe Cody Rhodes wins it again. Like, wins it this time, rather. And and goes on to the main event WrestleMania, finally ending the in, insane Roman Reigns streak, which to me is years past being, like, I know some people have kind of been liking the the whole shtick that he's done. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. But I think Cody Rhodes finishes the story. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on Elon Musk literally told Bob Iger to F, I mean, yeah, it's harsh language, yes, but it's it's something that I think a lot of people were feeling. Heartbreak Rage. Hello, oh, Sorry, I'm late, but better late than never. Yeah, me too uh tamani i am i am not controlling any of this as far as ads i have no idea sorry that that happened so much for for being on the most conservative setting seriously dang it youtube it's ridiculous abomination don't know about you but i was in the hospital like twice a year when i was a kid yeah um i, I actually know i would never went to the hospital typically I've always had a, a relatively strong immune system. Gone a lot... gone Not nearly as strong since I've had kids, but that's more because as, as someone who teaches, exposure in that way, and now as woman with kids, one of them at daycare, even more exposure. Steven, I'm curious what you think Aquaman will make opening box office weekend and what the final total will be when it ends the box office. I have no idea, to be perfectly frank. I know that right now the projections Box Office Pro has out are very low, I thought that the numbers were somewhere in the what thirty to fifty million domestic, with a total domestic being somewhere between maybe one and two hundred million. That's ah, not looking good. Print Screen says he hasn't gotten any ads. Um, I want Print Screen. Do you have YouTube Premium? Because that's the route I go. I go the YouTube Premium route uh, because I'm I just don't even want to deal with ads. Now I don't have to worry about dealing with any of the craziness that they've been been implementing sci-fi I did not think it was actually possible to physically fit a billion dollars into a dumpster to light on fire, but if anyone would try it would be Disney. Also a billion dollars on paper is not nearly as much as you would think. It's a uh, oh I forget the name of the movie, but there was a film where they were bribing somebody and they were bribing them for like a hundred thousand dollars and then there's this whole scene they build it up there's the, the the briefcase he opens it up and then it's just like a single stack <laughs> and the guy's like, wow. That's not nearly as much as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's like, no, that really is just what, what $100,000 would actually look like. So, uh, yeah, a billion would probably not be nearly as much as one would think. If it was a billion in $1 bills, now there, now that would be a dumpster. That would be a dumpster. Fire. Uh, Kimberly G, dodgeball. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> That's right. I haven't seen dodgeball in forever. Now everyone's coming in with a dodgeball. It's like, I knew I'd seen it before. I have not seen that in years. All right, it's 8.23. Uh, so I do want to start to wrap things up a little bit early tonight. Um, but I did also want to talk about this. So The Boy and the Heron, the new Miyazaki film. Um, it is uh, one of my favorite films of the year. It is definitely a Miyazaki film that, to me, is one that will leave you thinking long after you've watched it, but also will will be one that is probably not going to be in that top tier of most people's rankings for Miyazaki, uh, as you can see, the rating I gave it was a, a, a rad rating. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I'm like at B plus territory with it. It's a film that I continue to think about, and I think there's a lot of really great themes in it. Um, I just don't think it has necessarily that same reach watchability factor. I want to see the film again in Japanese. My wife wanted to see it with me, so we finally got on a date night for the first time, and we couldn't even remember the last time we had gone out. Um, with kids and not having family close by that that can like you know babysit and stuff, so we finally got a chance to get a babysitter, um, and we both got to see it in an IMAX screen, which was awesome to see that film in IMAX. It was packed. Oh my goodness, the amount of people in the theater, it was insane. Uh, we were sad because there were two, and I hate to say it this way, but very large people in front of us, and because of that, they were really far back in their seats, and we had no leg room. So my knee was cramping up like crazy uh, because of that. Like halfway, less than halfway through the movie, um, but the movie was still good. Even even though I was in pain for a lot of the film, I still enjoyed it quite, quite, quite a bit. And so I, I would say, if you are a Miyazaki fan, I would say definitely see the film. If you are an anime fan, see the film. And if you're someone that just wants to see a really well told story and one that also has some quirkiness to it, it's hard to describe the 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 quirkiness of Miyazaki. But if you like quirky movies that also have plenty of heart and will have you laughing too at various points throughout it, I would say it's worth seeing. It's one of the darker films from him by by far. It definitely earns that PG-13 rating and you always got you always got to go into a Miyazaki film to remember it's not going to be a kids movie just because it's animated. He makes movies. Some of them like Ponyo, uh, like My Neighbor Totoro are specifically geared more towards that younger audience, but all of them are always for, for, for families, and in this case, just for older families. So, I would recommend it. Alright, let's get through these last comments, and then we will sign off, and I'll get some ice cream! Let's see, Abomination says, the one thing I would change about Die Hard is changing it from, ho ho ho, now I have a machine gun, to ho ho ho, now I have a flamethrower! Yes. Uh, tina guzman what's going on tina laura short of short says what is a christmas movie seriously you know the, the honestly laura i think i get the reference you're making there you know how they made a whole documentary about what is a woman they should make a whole documentary that that if, if, the, if the daily wire wants to make another hit they should be like what is a christmas movie can you define it for me? And then just start talking to a bunch of like film critics and, and film professors to see if they'll give an actual definition. Can you define a Christmas movie? Now, now here would be the best question. Can you define a Christmas movie without saying the word Christmas? Oh. <laughs> uh, now that would be funny. Let's see. Great Wood says, Is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 a Christmas movie? No. Keely Chow, it's better to feud with a champion who's there full time than a champion who's there part time. Agreed. Jake Buck, your immune system dives off the cliff at 35. How dare you? Don't don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. I turned 35 this year. I'm old enough to run for president. Never. Shen Hong. Also, Chris movie rare exports this finished take on Santa. Interesting. Interesting. Let's see, Steven, who tagged. Do you still think your Viking team will make it to the playoffs? <laughs> They're not my team. I don't have any teams. Uh, what I will say is, I I have made it to the playoffs. All right, I am in a fantasy football league with my family. So I I, I my nephew, who is around ten years old, um, last year, really wanted to play fantasy football and thought it would be a really cool idea. This is like at the time he would have been like a nine year old. Like he thought it would be a really cool idea if he could get his uncles and aunts and extended family to, to join a league and to play with him. And so all of us were like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so I won the league last year. I had never played fantasy football before ever. My first time playing, I won it last year. Guess what? Number one seed in the playoffs this year. Oh, after a slow start, got on a roll, ended it with a, with a winning record. The most points in the league too. That's a big thing. Um, And so now I got my bye week this week, and I'm I'm hoping to keep the championship. We have a championship trophy. We've got two trophies, actually, because there was no communication. So both both my sister and my mom both had the same idea of getting a trophy. So I've got two trophies, and they're staying here, all right? They're not going anywhere. So I don't don't know about the Vikings. I don't know about any of these other teams or whether they're going to the playoffs or not. But what I will say is that I'm in the playoffs. I've got a first-round bye, and my plan is to take it home. King and Rumsky. Uh so at the movie theater, fat guy in a little chair, fat guy in a little chair, exactly. But it wasn't just a fat guy. Asian says film critics, film professors, and then Jeremy for no reason. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden Jeremy's like in a chair, looking all serious, and then just being interviewed about it. That that's how you add the color into the the movie, right? Like you have all these just like very credited people, and then you get you know, loudmouth, foulmouth, redneck, <laughs> Jeremy for geeks gamers coming. It's like this movie is not an effing. That's what you. That's what you need. <laughs> Jacob Buck says, President Odin never. Kelly Chow says, I'm 40. Man, five years I'll be 40. The R, uh, even Christ was. Uh, even Christmas movies aren't Christmas movies. You know what the R that is the most accurate statement. I'll read that again. Even Christmas movies aren't Christmas movies. Remember Christmas as a word means Christ mass. right Mass is our public worship, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. obviously with this season we commemorate the birth of Christ. There are two arrivals. You know, the, the word Advent that we celebrate, right, it means to to arrive, the arrival. There's two arrivals that we commemorate uh, during the Advent and Christmas season. We obviously commemorate the birth of Christ, right, the first time that Christ, that God entered into human history, but also we are looking to the end times as well because we look forward to that second arrival as well, right, when God re-enters into the world, the final judgment, and we have to prepare ourselves, Not just are we ready for the birth of Christ, are we ready to commemorate that historical event, are we ready for our future as well. And so you're absolutely right. Most, in fact, I would argue all Christmas movies that we would consider Christmas movies really aren't. Amen, brother. That's the one thing I will say as far as being a a correct alternative to what's been said already. Nation says, My immune system just climbed back on top of the cliff. Oh no. Print screen, Spider Man No Way Home is a Christmas movie. No. Jack Buck, President Odin, Executive Order Number One Sequel to Alita Battle Angel will be funded. Um, Jack Buck, no, my first executive order would be Disney, you lose the rights to Alita Battle Angel, to Star Wars, etc. Because I ain't I am not greenlighting any sequel to Alita as long as Disney is in control. And right now, they have the rights. No thank you. Steven, nice. You play fantasy in the playoffs. How much was the buy in? It's family playing with a 10 year old, so there's no buy in. <laughs> uh Tina Guzman says, I've won our NFL Fantasy League back to back uh once. Nice. Yeah. For my first time to win it, and now my second time to be top of the league, number one, uh, you know, uh number one first round bye. Things looking okay. Nothing, nothing's guaranteed in life, but things are looking pretty good. Anyway, Kili Chow, there's a reason why I ask you at times to pray for Jeremy and Ryan when they're doing the Sports Wars Sunday morning live stream. Yeah, I mean, especially on a Sunday, um, for sure. That's why I pray for all of them. Shen Hong says, in the Finnish mythology, Santa is not a nice guy and punishes the naughty kid, kind of like the Tales of Grimm. I mean, that's the issue, too, is that, well, then that's not really Santa, right? That sounds more like the, oh, my goodness, now you're bringing up, there's a debate currently going on over at Criticlist where I, I post my reviews now, and it, it's over whether or not the film with David Harbor is a good movie. It's a uh, Violent Night. So there's a there's a huge debate right now over this movie. So that that's what your comment just reminded me of, right? Because Violent Night kind of takes that story from that angle. Here's the issue: Santa is Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas is a real person. By the way, Saint Nicholas slapped Arius at one of the early church council, which is why the feast of Saint Nicholas on December 6 is often. Also called Slap a Heretic Day. (laughs) Obviously, not supposed to do that. Um, But let's just say he got physical with the heresies of of Arius at that time. Um, That is Santa Claus. So any type of, oh, this version of Santa Claus? No, no. Then that's not Santa Claus. That's something completely else. Completely different. Everything about Krampus, Krampus is not Santa. Krampus is a story that was developed... For German families that I'm aware of... That was used... I think it was Austria too... That was used to like scare kids to, to to being good. But if we're talking about Santa... There's only one Santa... And his name is Saint Nicholas Niklaus. And this movie... This garbage film that is Violent Night... Is overrated. 19 people have voted and it's rad. I gave it a heinous rating because it's not good. If you want a good... Movie about Santa... That's on the edgier side... Fat Man is your man. Hardwick. To be fair, 20th Century Studios so far has made some movies that are significantly better than most other divisions of Disney. Uh, just because they're a lot better than anything else that Disney has made does not necessarily make them good movies. Population, yeah, I don't like concepts of Violent Night. Uh, Laura says, Jeremy would be like, I'm from Alabama. How would I know? <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Amber, Tamperbot. Violent Night uh, is all right, but goes on too long and battles a private army of 300. It's just not good. Alright, so wait a minute. You're saying St. Nicholas actually was violent? Technically. Technically. Right? The reports that we have from the council was that he, at the very least, best case scenario, got in the face of Arius uh, 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 and as extreme as as slapping. St. Nicholas of Myrna was a fascinating man. Uh, he gave away all the gold of his parents left him. He inherited a fortune and used it for good to free slaves. I believe he also at one point used his money, so someone was trying to get married, I think, and they couldn't afford the dowry or whatever it might be. And so then he, like, oh, yeah, here you go. So he was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. JD Buck says, St. Nicholas was censured for it. So, yeah, obviously, he used the physical violence, but he he got, yeah. There are consequences for your actions. Anyway, so that's going to be everybody. We went a little bit longer than I had anticipated. Still not as long as the usual show. But, again, apologies for the late start tonight. Thank you all, again, for all understanding that. Uh, it's been crazy times. But right now, we are, again, in the midst of exam week. Exams starting uh, starting in the next day. And so, because that, I'll have a little bit more free time. My plan right now is I'm seeing Dream Scenario tomorrow. So, my hope is to get, to get a review of that um, up on the channel tomorrow as well. And, obviously, we'll have Friday Tights this week. We'll also have the Salty Saturday stream this coming Saturday and box office preview and breakdown preview sometime Thursday morning, Friday morning, and then box office breakdown some point on Sunday, probably around uh, 1 to 3 p.m., depending on how things go, usually closer to 2 to 3 p.m. But with all that being said, thank you, everybody, for being here. The R says OMB report. no. I I I I think I need to retire that one, man. I just don't have the brain and the bandwidth at this point uh, to do anything. What I will say is, go go join CriticList. It's a great site. Follow me over there, and uh, your homework is to review *Violent Night* and and make the score represent exactly what it is, which is the film is not good. Or at the very least, so that you can you know make fun of the fact that Salty Alex of the Salty Nerd podcast, who I love. Um, gave the Goonies a heinous review and says that it's awful. So if either one of those motivates you, join CriticList to fight. Anyway, you guys are fantastic. Shout out to the mods for being here tonight. Seriously, thank y'all. Scott McKenzie, thank you, brother, for gifting those memberships as well. And I will see you all the next time that I see you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. A blessed feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. Blessed rest of your Advent season. And I will see you all before Christmas, so I will not say Merry Christmas yet because we're not there. But a blessed Advent season. See y'all soon. And as always, God bless.